Now, I'm going to do something that you might not like, but I'm going to take a picture of you all because you look so beautiful. So just bear with me. That way we'll try to get that for that um, and print it out so one day Amy and Eleanor can have that, um, that this was um, the lovely group of people who came. Now, the message that I have for today is for everyone, but especially for um, Sam and Michael, I don't know where, oh, there he is, and uh, Andy and Michelle, who are somewhere in the back, oh, in the front middle, there you go. So it's for everyone, but especially for you guys. And uh, the message I've chosen for today is called Out of Control, Surrendering Anxiety. Because when you're a parent, one of the hardest things besides the physical exhaustion is the mental strain of anxiety. Is she eating enough? Is she eating too much? Is he too warm? Is he too cold? Is that bump a mosquito bite, a heat rash, or a deadly disease? And as they get older, you start wondering, are they making enough friends? Are they progressing well at school? Are they safe? Are they happy? And it's not just parenting that causes anxiety, right? Our studies, our work, our finances, news from around the world can cause extreme anxiety. When we see and hear the heartbreaking news of what's happening in India, what's happening in Myanmar, right, and all the other places around the world, we are reminded of how fragile our security can be. And I don't know about you, but I have found this year especially difficult. I mean, last year was hard on a different level, but this year is also not easy. And I find that last year we had, you know, anxiety because of COVID and the lockdown. But this year, I don't know if it's just me, but a lot of people are experiencing social anxiety because we went from seeing no one <laughs> to seeing everyone all the time. Um, and there's so much more energy required of us. Um, and it's quite draining sometimes. Anxiety is the most common mental health condition in Australia. On average, one in four Australians experience anxiety at some stage in their life. In a 12-month period, that's over 2 million Australians who are experiencing not just a little bit of stress and worry, but prolonged anxiety. And um, they, they believe, a lot of um, people believe that because of COVID, that that number is actually increasing at the moment. Beyondblue.org.au, which is where this graphic is from, has really helpful resources about anxiety and information about numbers to call and even a link where you can chat online 24-7. So I do want to encourage you to check that out. I think one of the hardest things about anxiety is the perceived stigma that is related to anxiety. Because we're afraid that if we admit that we're actually suffering from anxiety, we're afraid of being perceived as being weak. So we hide how we really feel, and we downplay how it's actually affecting us, and we just try to push through like good old Aussies, right? Just keep on going. But studies have shown that pushing and suppressing our anxiety and just trying to move on actually prolongs our anxiety. And if you're feeling uncomfortable right now, maybe even a little bit anxious with all this talk about anxiety, you're not alone. Studies have shown that we hate talking about negative emotions as much as we hate feeling them. We have bought into the, if it feels good, do it. And if it feels bad, please make it stop mentality. And Simon, Michael, Michelle, and Andy, I'm sure there have been moments when your gorgeous girls brought you much joy, 
but also moments when they brought you distress, when they wouldn't stop crying, or when they've done the biggest punami, and of course you're out and about with no spare clothes. And in those moments, perhaps you dislike your child just a little bit, but you feel guilty for feeling that way. And I want you to let you know today, it is okay to dislike them a little bit. <laughs> Studies have shown that our negative thoughts and emotions are actually crucial for happiness. It's better to say this stinks, literally and figuratively. Sometimes, right? It's better to say that and to accept that parenting is hard, that life is difficult, and that the things that are blessings sometimes feel like curses, and that all these negatives and thoughts and feelings are totally normal. And okay to acknowledge. In a 2011 study, psychologist Richard A. Brandt and his colleagues at the University of New South Wales told some participants to suppress any unwanted thoughts prior to sleep. And then they had the control group, you know, who were normal, didn't have, they weren't told to do that. And those who tried to muffle their negative thoughts reported dreaming about it more, a phenomenon called dream rebound. Similar findings from a 2010 study in Queensland suggested that pushing back negative emotions actually created more emotional overeating, rather than when people acknowledged and recognized and sat with their sadness, their grief, their anxiety. Maya Tamer wrote in her study in 2017, in her、uh, she wrote her PhD on the secret to happiness: feeling good or feeling right, and she wrote. Happiness is more than simply feeling pleasure and avoiding pain. Happiness is about having experiences that are meaningful and valuable, including emotions that you think are the right ones to have. People want to feel good all the time in Western cultures. Even if they feel good most of the time, they may still think that they should feel even better, which might make them less happy overall. True happiness is found. In being honest with yourself about what's actually happening, and about embracing all our emotions, good and bad, all our experiences, good and bad, and recognizing the complexities in between. And peace also comes from being honest with God and with others. One of the reasons why I love the Bible so much and believe in its authenticity and inspiration is because the Bible is, has this full range of raw emotions and experiences. For example, when a man named Job loses everything—and I mean everything—in one awful day, he loses all his wealth, he loses all his、uh, employees, he loses all his friends, and even、um, the, the worst part is all his children. The Bible doesn't hide how he feels. This is just a short clip of, of some of his bitter words against God. Job cries out. I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I the sea or the monster of the deep that you put me under guard? I despise my life. I would not live forever. Let me alone. My days have no meaning. And it goes on and on for pages and pages, where he basically, you know, is 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 shouting at God, saying, "Hey, I don't deserve this. Why are you doing this to me?" And he isn't alone. David,、uh, who was a shepherd who became a king in the Book of Psalms, Jeremiah, who was a prophet living、uh, in the seventh century in Lamentations, and Jesus in the Gospels in the first century A.D. All of them expressed their disappointment, their frustration, their grief, 
and they did not shy away from telling God exactly how they felt. And perhaps even more surprising is that God encourages such honest rants and cries addressed to him. There's a song by Amy Grant that says that the cries, right, the cries of the drunkard are, are better than a hallelujah. That, that the angry, you know, rants of, of a soul crying out for him is better than a hallelujah. It's okay to tell him exactly how we feel. That's what it means to pray. It doesn't mean, you know, saying all the right words, right? It means talking to him as to your best friend, telling him about your day, the thoughts and feelings that you've kept hidden to yourself all day, and just pouring it out to him. And as we somehow, as we pour out, right, our frustration, and as we, as we tell him about our grief and anxiety, something mysterious happens. And it happens again and again in history, and it's happened so many times in my life that while I'm crying out to him saying, it's not fair, I feel him drawing close to me. Somewhere in the midst of our crying out, and in all those negative emotions, a hope springs up. And faith clings on to confess, I still believe in you. I still believe you're going to make things right. I still believe that you love me and have a plan for me. And we see this with Job. In the middle of his cries, in the middle of his rant, he professes, I know that my Redeemer lives. And that in the end, he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. 2017 was the hardest year of my life. 2020 is, is a sec- close second. In 2017, we had a baby who never slept and a three-year-old who was being a three-year-old. Roy was working full-time at two churches, and I had just come back to work part-time. And it was so full-on. And, you know, all our, all our families in the U.S., and we felt like life was out of control. And we felt out of control, you know, being exhausted and, and feeling all the pressure. I found myself getting so angry and sad at the same time, all the time. And two things saved us then and continue to help us today. Prayer and our church community. Prayers that were sometimes as uh, ineloquent as God help. (laughs) Sometimes just crying and saying, I can't do this anymore. Roy's an introvert, so he would do his prayers uh, by going on a walk alone, and he would spend an hour in prayer, and he would come back each time a better man. I'm an extrovert, and so my most transformative prayer times have been when I pray with others, when I share with my prayer partners how I'm really doing and they share what they're, what they're going through. Things that we haven't been able to share with everyone. And we pray and we cry and we find healing together. And that's the miracle of an authentic community. A group of people who accept you and love you for exactly who you are. Even when you're doing an ugly cry. I remember in 2017, I went to Sharon's place for a Bible study and Michelle was, um, had had, was, had had a long day at work and had driven a long ways to come for this Bible study at Sharon's place. 
And I was, um, you know, supposed to go over and I had such an awful day <laughs> with the kids and it was a, such a difficult time. And as I remember, as soon as I got to the door, then Michelle asked, how was your day? As you do. And I burst into tears and I just babbled about how I really couldn't hold it together anymore. And Michelle and Sharon comforted me and they prayed for me. So there I had gone as a pastor to like minister to them and they ministered to me. And then I had to leave because then I got a phone call that Michael was having an asthma attack and was screaming and not breathing. So I had to leave. And, um, and Sam, you've seen me ugly cry since 2012 <laughs> when I was at your house in Coburg, um, for a small group. And at the end, as you do, you ask for prayer requests to close. And I started crying <laughs> because I was pregnant, but ha- couldn't tell anyone yet. It was sick as a dog, homesick, so afraid of the future. And I made some excuse about, oh, like, I miss my family. But really, like, there was all this going on. <laughs> and I remember you hardly knew me, but you offered empathy. And I'm here to tell you and Michelle both um, that I'm here to return the favor That in motherhood, in all its beauty and pain, you are allowed to ugly cry. (laughs) And you are allowed to be authentic and honest with us. That we are here today to say, you don't have to put on a brave face. You don't even have to shower before coming here. I have come here so many times without showering, I confess now. Um, I showered today. (laughs) You have a family who, you both have families who love and support you. But I want to remind you that you also have a church family here who absolutely love and support you, will be pray with you and be here for you in all your great moments and your bad moments. And Michael and Andy, I also want to affirm you today. You know, being a dad is one of the toughest jobs. And I think sometimes it's harder for men to be able to share their feelings due to the stigma and social conditioning. But I want to encourage you both to... Talk to Roy or the other fathers in this church community, and chances are they've been where you are, and they'll understand why your wife hates you so much at 2 (laughs) a.m., and they'll understand how difficult it is to juggle everything in your life and the pressure of trying to be the best dad you can be. There is power in prayer and church community, and I want to encourage all of four of you and and our whole church community to talk to our Heavenly Father. Tell Him how you're really doing, what you're really feeling. Tell Him when it's too much sometimes. Because when we acknowledge that we are out of control, that we can't handle everything, that's when we finally give space for God to act. And that's when we can finally experience the freedom and the peace and the healing that He desires for us. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 say, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I pray that as we face the challenges of life of 2021 and all the anxiety that comes with that, that we would find peace and hope and love and belonging with God and each other in authentic relationships. I'm going to invite Roy up, and he's going to... um, share some more about Amy and Eleanor, and we will proceed with the service for today.
Well, good morning, everyone. The AV team did a too good of a job of setting up. <laughs> All right. We want to start the dedication portion of this service by introducing uh, the babies and their families to you all. So I'll start with Eleanor Catherine Brady, who was born November 29th in 2020 to Samantha Ireland and Michael Brady. We'd like to welcome Sam's parents, Tim and Julian, as well as Michael's parents, Rodney and Kathy, who are with us today. We also want to welcome Sam's, sisters, uh, Sam's sister, Christine, her partner, Andy, and Michael's sister, Sharon, as well as Michael's grandmother, June. And finally, we want to welcome Sam and Michael's friends, including Emily, Adrian, Jess, Megan, Haley, Joey, Leo, and their children who have traveled from Sydney. As I was writing down the names of family and friends for Sam and Michael, it dawned on me that there are four generations present today. June, you have an incredible family. You've raised spiritual children who have raised spiritual children who are raising a spiritual child. It really is an incredible thing to see. If you do a quick Google search of the name Eleanor, you'll find that the name is associated with sig uh, significant strong women in history. The name Eleanor means shining light, which is exactly what happens when she smiles. Eleanor's middle name is Catherine, which is a tribute to um, Michael's mother. The name Catherine means pure. When I asked Sam and Michael why they wanted to dedicate Eleanor, they responded, We want Jesus and church community to be a central part of Eleanor's life. We are wholly committed to loving and raising Eleanor, but know that it takes a village. We believe in the meaning of dedication as it highlights the significance of being part of a faith community. Sam and Michael also want to formally recognize friends and family that will be with Eleanor throughout her life, helping guide and love her alongside her parents. There are two passages of scripture that hold special meaning to Sam and Michael in regards to Eleanor. I'd like to read them to you. They are Lamentations three twenty-two to 25 which reads, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope, wh whose hope is in him. The second passage is Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Finally, I asked Sam and Michael if there was a character in the Bible that inspires them for their child, and they responded, Ruth, who was loyal, courageous, and full of faith. Next, I want to introduce Amy Leanne Graham, who was born the 1st of July in 2020 at 6.20 p.m. to Andrew Christopher Graham and Michelle Macy Graham. We'd like to welcome Andy's parents, Fiona and Paul, uh, Graham and Michelle's parents, Kim and Kang Lim. We also want to welcome Andy's sister, Melissa, her brother-in-law, James, and nephew, Jackson. Andy's brother, Simon, and sister-in-law-to-be, Chloe, are also present. We're so glad to have you with us. We're also happy to have Amy's uncle, Mike, and Auntie Bernie with us today, as well as Michelle's auntie, Sharon, and uncle, Po Chung, as well as her cousins, William and Brendan.
Finally, we want to welcome Michelle's godmother, Qian Yang Chuang, and family who are watching this dedication online from Malaysia. Andy and Michelle had a tough time settling on a name for Amy. They had narrowed the list down to two names, and it was at the time when Michelle was in labor that the doctor said, it's time to start pushing, and they realized we should pick a name. Amy means beloved one in French. It's also the name of a character in one of Michelle's favorite books, Little Women. The Li part of her Chinese name means jasmine flower, and N means grace. When I asked Michelle and Andy why they wanted to dedicate Amy, they responded, Andy and I really want God to play a pivotal role in our parenting and our family life. We acknowledge that we need his guidance in order to bring Amy up and appreciate the love and support of our church family. We hope to give Amy every opportunity to meet, know, and love God as she grows up. We also want to give thanks and praise to God for answering our prayers and giving us a happy and healthy baby, and for looking after Andy and I during my pregnancy, during being, uh, despite being in the middle of a lockdown. Andy and Michelle want to say a special thanks to our family and friends for their endless support. It was really challenging and isolating having our first child during lockdown. And while we felt saddened that Amy wasn't able to meet our friends and family for the first few months, we never felt alone. There's a passage in scripture that holds special meaning in regards to Amy. It's found in Jeremiah 29, verses 11 to 13. This is a famous passage for today. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Michelle and Andy write, this passage helped a lot during pregnancy, and it's our prayer that Amy will learn to look for God wholeheartedly, find him, and trust in the plans that he has for her life. Finally, I asked Michelle and Andy if there was a character in the Bible that inspires them for their child. They responded, I really like the story of Hannah and Samuel, and especially appreciate it now as a mother. She prayed desperately for a son and then promised to dedicate his life to God. When he was born, she kept her word and sent him to the temple where he grew and became an incredible man of God. I cannot even imagine how hard this must have been, but she's a woman of unfaltering strength and faith, and I hope that Amy will de- uh, develop the same ability to place her life's plans in God's hands. I want to spend a brief moment on the meaning behind dedication or behind this service. A dedication service is where parents commit their children and themselves to God. There's a passage here in Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7. It's in the Old Testament, and in summary, God instructs his people to raise their children to walk in his ways. Dedication is also a time when the church is reminded of how much God values children and the church commits itself to the spiritual upbringing of the child and the families. There's a story of Jesus' interaction with the children, uh, with children in Luke 18, 15, and 16. There are people who are bringing Jesus their babies so that he would bless them, and his disciples kind of turn these families away. But in response, Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus here says something really profound. He says the kingdom of God is for children. It's for the little ones. 
In other words, the church is supposed to create spaces of spirituality and communicate to kids that they belong and they are valued. Not when they become valuable contributors to society, not when they become altruistic. My youngest son is uh, about to turn five, and we're starting to integrate some chores into his, his routine. And so I asked my youngest son, can you please set the table for us? And when I got up to inspect his work, I found one fork sitting on the table that he had set out for himself. Jesus here says, communicate to the little ones that they belong now, before any kind of maturing has taken place. Jesus is trying to teach his followers to be a blessing and to support those who are helpless, needy, and unable to see outside of themselves. Finally, the dedication service is a time when the church can show its support to young families. So Sam, Michael, Michelle, and Andy... This dedication is not a single event, it's the first of a series of events that define and shape your life in Christ as a family. So whether it's through marriage retreats, or family seminars, or church camps, or Sabbath schools, we're here to provide an environment that will help you and your family have support in moments of difficulty, in the moments where you are looking for acceptance and insecurity, the moments where you need grounding in those moments of uncertainty, we are here for you. So as you go through this journey of parenthood, it's our prayer that you will experience the presence of God in your life, leading, guiding, and shaping you. We're going to invite uh, Simon Michael and Eleanor and Michelle and Andy and Amy to come on up. And if you could just stand here. We're going to ask you, because, you know, this service is about um, all the adults, really, um, providing that safe space for the children. So we're going to ask you a a few questions. Um, So come on up. And if you want to just stand right here, I'm facing, facing everyone. You're welcome to take pictures if you want to. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so turn around and face. And, but I'm going to ask you questions. So at the end of, I'm going to ask you three questions. At the end of each question, you can all say, we do, um, together. The first question is, knowing that your child is a gift from God, do you today commit to raising your child to know and love God for herself? Nice and loud, please. <laughs> Second question. Knowing that children grow to love Jesus best in a home where the parents model a commitment to Jesus, do you today commit to going even deeper with God than before, building an authentic relationship with him? And the third question is, knowing that children grow to love Jesus best when the family engages in faith-building activities like family worship and Sabbath school, do you today commit to being intentional about participating in these discipleship opportunities? Now stay here, but I'm turning to you all now. And the question I have for you, and at the end, you can all say, we do nice and loud. The question is, knowing that it does take a village to raise a child, do you, church community, commit to supporting Sam and Michael, Andy and Michelle, as they raise their children to know and love God, by praying for them, investing in their lives, and modeling a commitment to Jesus? We We do. do. Now stay here because we've got a gift from you for you from the church and Galen and Janelle. I'm going to ask you to come up to um, 
Grab. No, no, it's okay. I forgot. Roy is praying for the kid. <laughs> Go ahead and pray. No, stay up here. And Shall we dedicate the children now? <laughs> Would you join me as we pray? God, we dedicate Amy and Eleanor to you, knowing that the greatest gift is living in your grace, resting in your love, and walking in your ways. I pray that your presence would attend these two girls as they grow up. Fill them with your spirit that they would know the joy of living a life dedicated to you. As Eleanor grows up, may she be a shining light in the lives of those around her. As Amy grows up, may she become a a wellspring of love and grace, bringing life to those who need it most. I pray for Andy, Michelle, Sam, and Michael. Give them the confidence that you are watching over them as they raise their families. In moments of uncertainty, grant them your wisdom and grace. In moments of fear, grant them peace. And in the moments when they feel helpless, grant them patient hope. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, um, to explain the gift... And also, we decided to have Galen and Janelle give him the gift because Janelle's the next one expecting a baby. So we're passing on the torch. But um, just to explain um, the frame, can I just grab that? Um, it says, I am the child of a king who is not moved by the world, for my God is with me and goes before me. I do not fear because I am his. So that's the frame. And inside the box, um, there is a little Bible book for uh, Amy and Eleanor. There's also a journal for the parents to write um, how God is answering your prayers as you parent so that one day you can give that journal to your child. So you can um, do that. And there's also a candle. And the reason the candle is there because, is because in Jewish tradition, this is something that you can choose to do. Um, sometimes we do it, Roy and I. Um, the, the, in the Jewish homes, the parents, when Friday night sundown happens and Sabbath is beginning, they light the candle and then they bless their children. And it's actually a lovely thing that they do where the mom and dad put their hands on the child, they bless the child, and sometimes they whisper affirmations to each child about something they did really well that week. And so we thought if it's something you'd like to do, the candle's there, so you can light it before Sabbath and give your Sabbath blessing to your child as, as she continues to grow. So we can go ahead and give the gifts, um, and this is from the church. And so um, from as a church, we're really, really happy that... Um, this family is is being dedicated to God today. So let's all clap for them. Now you can sit in the in the uh, actually you can go back to your seats. But what we have next is the um, maybe with the babies. If the babies can stay up front, that'd be great because uh, the children of our church now want to welcome the children to Sabbath school. They're going to come up and sing a song, one of the songs in Sabbath school. And our tradition, uh, can you grab the ukuleles for me? A tradition we have in our church is that when, the, when a child gets dedicated, dedicated here, we get them a ukulele for Sabbath school. And um, so these, these uh, ukuleles are for Amy and Eleanor. And we keep it here at church so that when they come to church, they can play and learn to play the ukuleles. And so we're missing my ch- other child. Um Joshua and Andrew is Andrew and also there we go yeah come on up quickly quickly 
Line up, line up, line up. Okay. And so... Welcome to Sabbath School, Amy and Eleanor. for you in, in a moment. But um, yeah, that's how we do things here. A lot of food. All right. I'm just going to close our service today with a word of prayer. Please join with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the joy that children have. Thank you that even though there are a lot of work, 
they really are a blessing from you. I want to thank you for Amy and Eleanor joining our church family. And we want to pray for Sam and Michael and for Michelle and Andy as they navigate parenthood and all the things that life brings. We pray that um, we as a church community and as their family and friends can continue to love and support them and help us in those moments of anxiety to be able to reach out to each other. I pray in your son's name. Amen. Now, we do have some chippies in the back if my kids haven't eaten them all. Um, and some water for you. If you brought a lunch to eat, then uh, please, we'll bring out some tables and, and uh, we can we can eat. You're welcome to stick around and hang out with us. Um, and for those of you watching online, thank you for joining us. And thanks, Ben, for coming super early and setting everything up for the AV team. Um, so thanks, everybody.